Silberberg is here, the amazing author of the book called, I forget now, but it's Bots Against Us. Bots yes. Against Us. What a great book that is. And you also have a, a startup in the cybersecurity world, which is called? It's the Digijax Group. And on the other side of the screen here is Chris Vickery, we've met before on the show, uh, very well uh, known for finding all sorts of leaks and hacks and, and malware around the world. And Chris also works for a company. I'm, I'm, I'm asking you to say the names because I can't find my script here. So uh, what's the name of the company you work for? UpGuard. UpGuard, okay. Over the last few days, we've had the discovery, at least, or the public announcement of what has been a remarkably serious hack that has affected, it seems like, at least five or maybe as many as seven government agencies. We're talking about everything from the five departments within the Pentagon, the NSA, the White House, uh, the Department of Homeland Security, um, the Department of Justice. This is not some run-of-the-mill sort of uh, hack. It's been pr pretty broad, and it's been going on for months, by all accounts. Um, and so, Chris, let's start with you. What's your assessment? How big a deal is this? Well, I, I think it's very important and critical for everyone to keep in mind that the, the, this is the early days of this being reported and it's still being investigated and things that involve data breaches and actual malicious hacking this the story always evolves it, it changes things come out uh people kind of rush real fast to get on the story and companies try to contain the pr damage from it uh, so, so take everything with a little bit of a grain of salt. The elements of what we know right now is that there was a, a data incident, a security intrusion of sorts with a company called SolarWinds who has kind of a, a role at the top of an umbrella as far as the, the service model goes. And there are thousands and thousands and thousands of customer companies below that umbrella that are uh, affected by this security incident. Because there are government agencies that are known to be clients of SolarWind, there are uh, you know obvious concerns for things of a national security and defensive purposes level. Uh, I wouldn't necessarily say that this is unique or something that is uh, unusual in, in and of itself. It is unusual that it's being talked about, but this kind of level of cascading supply chain concern, it's an ever-present issue. And uh, we're likely to hear of a lot of these types of, of very large, high-level breaches as the future marches on. Right. So um, it's a it's a company that we've I've never heard of, but I'm sure many people have it, you know, come into contact with it. So the the broad impact of this, Alan, is it is it impacting people in a at home now? Are they feeling it in as they log on to onto their uh, favorite websites or services right now? Or is this something strictly for businesses to that are that, that they're dealing with or government agencies? Well, that's actually a very good question. I mean, most of the most of the the end users are going to be government or companies or other organizations. However, having said that, each of those has their own little ecosystem of users. So it really depends on the deployment and how the, what they're using it for and how. So, and so some companies, it might 
definitely affect their external relationships with either third party you know, users or even their customer base. Uh, with government agencies, we won't probably see, like we won't see like a government website turned off or something. However, uh, the, the government did issue a, a, an alert for one of the, really was the first time in a long time um, for basically government-wide alert to any agency using uh, the, this, both the software Orion and the Solar Winds, um, and basically to disconnect them immediately to, to take those devices offline uh, to fix it. Uh, so, but I think what Chris said is very important. We don't. This is very early in this, um, and it seems like this is a fairly sophisticated attack that has been going on for several months. Uh, and so, when they're announcing right now, well, you know, we believe as far back as March. Um, often when these things progress, you might find out actually, well, they were actually lurking around there since January, but they didn't really execute until March. And, you know, so here we are. Um, having said that, I think that there's also the Microsoft 365 piece of this, which SolarWinds and Orion are really integrally related to, and I'm trying not to get too techy here, but that definitely opens the the, the door to, to other devices, uh, other IoT situations, and maybe a, a larger set of, 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 of effects down the road, um, if, especially if companies have downloaded this patch that, that was corrupt and then no, don't fix it or they don't fix it in mm. time. So, so the, the prime suspect right now is Russia, or at least the Russian intelligence agency. Um, Chris, do we know who that is and do we know why they're so certain it is Russia? The, the word that I've seen in uh, several fairly confident uh, publications is that it is related to Russian intelligence and all of that whole mess. Uh, one of the first reactions I had, though, was this is very coincidental timing uh, as far as when this is being reported and found. And, and it really seems to me that we should consider it's likely that if this is what the what's being suggested that it is a foreign hostile entity uh hacking into u.s government whatever the heck it's it's very coincidental and a useful cover story to kind of make it all blow up into a big finale right now and that creates a haze cloud and plausible deniability for whenever the actual origin was. If people get this date and time right now stuck in their head as when it all went down, it makes it harder to point out what may end up being the truth. And uh, that it may be that perhaps there was somebody that opened a gate maybe a year or two or three ago, and it's been a constant exfiltration ever since then. But now when people are investigating that, it's going to look like, oh, that was just that thing at the very end that, it, that blew up. So you're saying it could be like an inside job? Uh, what, I'm, what I'm saying is the cloud-ish type platforms that manage all these services for thousands and thousands of infrastructure deployments, mm -hmm. they have a lot of contractors and a lot of employees, and it's not possible to operate them in a way that is up to snuff. I would I would be very careful about calling it an inside job that has yeah. a lot of uh, yeah. connotations, a lot of baggage to it. 
it doesn't have to be an insider necessarily. Right now, there's a lot of people working in remote locations that wouldn't normally be working in remote locations. Uh, maybe somebody's kid at their house downloaded an, an app and it, it was it infected their their router at home with some sort of monitoring key exfiltration right. malware? Who knows? And, and they happen to be an employee at SolarWinds. Who knows? There's a million different scenarios, but what we know is that the first little trickling in of of potential here, at least as far as what SolarWinds has uh, claimed to the SEC in their filings uh, about this, is that there was an email compromise of SolarWinds uh, e email host. Uh, from there, the opening, it's, it's Pandora's box at that point. If you have systems administrators of a company and their email is compromised and they've been doing anything like sending passwords through their email or receiving, receiving emails from clients that are saying, hey, I tried my password, which is XYZ and it's not working, can you help me? If that's still there mm. and those emails get seen and people have hundreds of thousands of emails potentially sitting in, in there waiting to be plucked out and read through there's no telling how far it could it could go it's it's a real problem the actual uh malware was contained in an update a fake update right that was sent out and then they surreptitiously downloaded and, this and that's the red herring element that i'm mm. getting at if okay. you have sufficient access to upload a trojan uh, patch or, or or insert it's into the the .dll files that that people can patch or update their stuff with that are clients of SolarWinds. If you have enough, access, have enough to access to Trojan that file and serve it up to thousands of customers, there are other things you can do as well. It's not like somebody managed to submit uh, a random post to a, a bucket and all of a sudden it got overwritten in a patching process. No, somebody got through to the system that allowed them to create this file in the place that they put it in. And we need uh, to have a wider view of the scenario. Right, that's a pretty sophisticated operation. Um, Alan, so you were in the middle of, of, of backing him up on some of his theories. I was trying to back up exactly yeah. what you were saying. Um, I want to add something very specific though. Um, so in the release that, that SolarWinds put out, they, they use, here's the terminology that they use specifically. So I'm quoting, the security breach was likely the result of a highly sophisticated, targeted, and manual supply chain uh, attack by an outside nation state. Now, the word manual in this, uh, in this definition is actually not usually seen that often when you, when you look at breach reports. Often it's really highly technical, blah, blah, blah. When you see manual, it's exactly what Chris was saying. It's raising the question of like, well, is this human error? You know, is this human doing something on purpose for a bad faith um, or maybe some sort of combination? They're clearly leaving that door open right now. They are not shutting that door. They're not saying, you know, this was just a, a direct thing. However, um, the, the sophistication of what went on here um, it leads to a second question. Um, when you when you have this kind of public chaotic hack like this, and there's a whole bunch of noise going on, and there's a whole lot of attention, like Chris said, on a specific date or a specific company or a specific style of attack or breach, oftentimes that is also hiding a secondary attack or a secondary mm -hmm. breach that's still ongoing that hasn't been caught. Um, and they're basically kind of trying to redirect the public's attention to this other thing. Hey, go look over here at this shiny uh, thing here. 
so my question is, you know, how many more of these are still kind of lurking around the government right now and or other uh, systems? They may not just be SolarWinds and Orion. It might be other, um, you know, third-party operators that Microsoft uses through the 365 ecosystem. It could be, it could be a lot of things. And I think that one of the questions that I have from this is, okay, whether or not we authenticate that it's Russia behind this, I'm pretty sure given the, the footprints and, and the, the, the pattern, it seems very similar to the attack on the White House and State Department in, in a few years ago. It seems very similar to the attack on the DNC and the exfiltration of email records. Um, the, but with the DNC situation, you know, they sat uh, and lurked in the, their systems for months. Uh, and, and it was only, you know, until an outside vendor found that there was a problem. And that also is true with the OPM hack several years ago as well, which most people have attributed to China. Um, but this also, you know, never been proven that it was China. It could even easily have been Russia or both China and Russia combined, uh, which is unusual, but it does happen. And I think that the, the, the pattern that you look at when you see these things, that's, a, that's a, what I believe is very difficult to, to mimic at a, a scale. It's easy to mimic for one hacker to mimic another hacker's kind of approach and system. But when you have something that this, that's this complicated and someone put a lot of money into, into the techniques and the technology used to create this hack, um, you know, and also they had to practice it a few times. There's no way they just put this out into the public domain and hope that it was going to work. So they probably were sandboxing this and they were like, hmm, you know, let's really perfect this so that we can hide it and embed it and then you know, play with tech to basically extract as much information from this entrusted environment because you're basically, you're putting something into a, a trusted environment that's whether it's government or business, whatever, because they purchased this this software from whether it's SolarWinds or any other company, you know, basically what happened is, you know, I hand my money over to you because I'm trusting that you're going to take my data and my privacy seriously. Um, so if you have something that's hidden in an update or hidden in some sort of controller device that most people just simply aren't going to be looking at, um, it really makes it, I think, a, a, a level of vulnerability much greater, even if they didn't necessarily extract top secret documents. Now, the, 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 the suspicious mind in me says, you know, here's Donald Trump allowing the, the you know, the Russians in somehow to do one last like, snatch and grab of everything they want uh, from, you know, the various agencies and maybe even cover some tracks. Uh, and that's the real reason that's this is happening, you know, that this is uh, something that's been tacitly maybe uh, approved of by the White House. Obviously, there's no evidence of that, but that's, a, you know, the, 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 so when I go there, that's where my suspicious mind likes to lead me. What do you guys think of that? I, I, I see this very, very differently than, than the, uh, the narrative that's being uh, generally passed around and, mm. and that people naturally would assume. Uh, there's no way that there's a sophisticated actor necessary for this, what's been described here. Mm. All that is necessary is somebody uh, left a password somewhere they shouldn't have. And the, another person got into their email and used a, a password to, to upload to a, a distribution point. That's not like, that's not, this isn't like super sophisticated stuff. It could very well have been done by a state actor. I, I, it probably even was, but you got to think bigger picture here. The important like secret level documents and emails and communications and all that stuff's been 
plot for for a few years, most likely, uh, because there's so many holes in the armor already, and there is no way in hell that they would wait until the last few days of an administration to suddenly pop it. No, this didn't cost a lot of money. This didn't take a whole lot of time and effort. The necessary access credentials and and bribable people are a plenty in this in this industry of uh, contractors and remote workers and hosting thousands and thousands of inter- infrastructures. The reporting is pretty clear, though, they that they were spying on people's emails. I mean, that it was Russian hackers doing it. So, <clears throat> so you know, my assumption is that there was an effort to to monitor what people were were communicating in those in those emails. It's not just hey, we left the gate open and stumbled upon those emails. I mean, I think often there's often you have a situation where, you know, one hacking group is trying to make it look like another hacking group is doing it. I mean, you see this in corporate in corporate stuff all the time, you know, especially just, you know, with the straight up the, the ransomware stuff. And it's just a lot of, you know, the Chinese trying to make it look like it's the North Koreans and the Iranians trying to make it look like it's Saudi Arabia and Saudi Arabia trying to make it look like it's Russia and yeah. Russia trying to make it look like it's everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so, yeah, there's definitely, there's definitely an element to that. Right. And that plays directly into what I'm getting at here, and that is you do a big flashy thing right now and cause some fuzziness in the attribution, and now for the past two to three years, anything that's ever been exfiltrated from any of those organiza- those government entities, people are going to point at and say, hey, we need to investigate that. Oh, that was just part of that solar winds thing at the very end. Right. Uh, it's no big deal. We attributed that. And then when they get into the weeds on that, you'll have all the bickering arguments of whether or not it really was Russia. Mm. But in the end, it doesn't, it probably doesn't really matter. And we need to look bigger and zoom out and think about it a little bit harder before just accepting the natural narrative here. And when you look, you zoom I, I, out. I agree, I, I agree right. with that. I think that that's an important point, but I will also say that because of the patterns here, if, if it wasn't the Russians, okay. Um, and given that whoever did this started in, from what we know of March, um, they've had the con- continuity to go through the pandemic, the work from home situation, all that without any change. So whoever it is, if it's not the Russians, it's someone, and then they may not have spent a lot of money specifically. However, there's definitely a lot of time and logistics that go into whatever you describe. So whether it's taking a password, bribing someone, or as we've heard it being called an actual hack, um, those things take time and planning uh, to do it on a scale like this. I think, you know, the is partly shared because solar winds is really powered through the 365 environment and the, and the, and the whole. So I think if you didn't have that, if it was just like a standalone software company that happened to get whatever happened, hacked or bribed or whatever, that's one thing. But because it's like in this larger ecosystem, that's instantly shared and instantly communicable between devices uh, it, that's where I think we see a risk. And I think the other risk that maybe is being a little bit underspoken of right now is, uh, uh, first of all, what else is it hiding? What other hacks are still ongoing that maybe this is like cover for, as Chris said? The timing of it's very interesting. It could be uh, a political statement, Zev. It could also be, uh, you know, kind of the last gift to Putin. Um, I mean, it, Trump has been acting as roughly an agent for Russia for several years. And I think that this would fall into his previous behavior uh, over the years. Um, but I also think that there's uh, the larger picture to me is how vulnerable all these systems are, whether it's SolarWinds and Orion or Microsoft 365, or whether it's you know a Linux setup or whatever, or Apple ecosystems. 
um, you know, we're also reliant on these digital, our lives have become digital ones and zeros. It used to be that our lives are digital ones and zeros like 15 hours a day. And now it's 24 hours a day because we're all, it's all we do. We live at home, we're working from home, we're on computers, our phones, tablets, nonstop. And um, the idea of privacy has disappeared mostly. Um, and so in a shared situation, you know, you have to compound the problem, any problem you have by the sheer number of devices you have or the sheer apps at play and the people, the users who are interacting with all that. Do you guys think this is so broad range, the, the general hacking is so broad range, as you were suggesting, Chris, I think you were suggesting that there, you know, that there is just so much hacking going on. The system is so porous that, you know, focusing on just on just one thing like this is just, you know, somewhat uh, is, 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 is micro looking at the, at the problem rather than looking at the much bigger problem, which is where really all compromise and the entire system is basically compromised. And at a top level, yes, that hits the nail on the head. Mm. This is not something that is unique and rare. It just doesn't get talked about very often. Right. This type of thing is happening all the time, every day, at the highest levels of the agencies and government departments that we trust and corporations. And it is beyond time for people to start being honest about it, telling the truth, and for companies to start paying a price for the laws they violate. Mm. We've been doing it to the Russians for just as long as, well, maybe not just as long, but for a very long time too. I mean, it's, you know, I, I only know the Promise story and I'm sure there's many other stories, but, you know, when you think back about to, to the Promise software back in the 1980s, when the United States basically reverse engineered a, a cell to the, to the KGB to sell them this Promise software, they were able to, you know, um, they sold in the software, but the software had a backdoor that they could then spy into the KGB. Um, is this basically the same kind of thing where, you know, they find a vulnerability, they they sit there for a long time, they lurk for a long time, and they just sit and spy away at, at the vast uh, American government? I mean, obviously, it's a two-way, well, the multi-way channel thing. I mean, hacking is going on on all directions constantly. Um, yeah, 24 hours a day, that's part of the landscape. Um yeah. Does that make it right? No, not necessarily. Um, you know, uh, the, does it make it acceptable that a large company that has a large security team and a large budget uh, was allowed allowed something like this to occur? I mean, this this emanated from a private sector company. So let's start with that. This wasn't like, you know, someone attacking the Treasury Department directly. It was through a, you know. A thing. So, so there's a big difference between you know North Korea or Iran or Saudi Arabia or Russia or China, you know, hacking the Pentagon, and mm -hmm. and this this is a really almost a commercial hack in nature that then you know cascaded out to all these other agencies. Um, so the the Russians didn't insert the extra code of the malware into the update or. Well, they did. No, no, that's not what, that's not, that's not what okay. I'm saying. Okay. They, the vector that they used was a third, was a, okay. a, a private, you know, company. It wasn't like they didn't use like the CIA or the Treasury Department as the the the, the right. locus point right. to okay. to launch their attacks. So, okay. so that does make it a bit different. That we our government is constantly under our government is constantly under hack attempts, ransomware attempts, denial of service attacks, all, you name it, every type of cyber attack possible is constantly going on on all of our federal agencies and state agencies, local agencies as well. Um, most of them, as Chris said, don't talk about it. There's basically a kind of a code of silence. 
And also many private companies simply, they don't want to make a breach notification because it ends up costing them a lot of money, whether it's in lawsuits or higher premiums or having to pay out losses or whatever. So many companies do their best, unfortunately, to, to not report. And or if they report, they do a minimal reporting that's six months later after the fact and they've already kind of patched it and fixed it. Oh, by the way, you know, we were breached. Um, then I think there should be stronger, there should be a stronger sort of set of, of, of rules and also results. So if you if you make a, your company is breached and you have some sort of fiduciary or, or HIPAA responsibility and you're not notifying, you know, there should be some, not just significant fines, but maybe like in the how we alter business and like, you know, maybe you shouldn't be allowed to do that moving forward if you can't like do this basic thing. Mm-hmm. And I, I think that gets way too far into the idea of, oh, these are malicious bad guy hackers that are causing all these problems. That's not it. You can't visit a website these days without 25 cookies being written to your device without your consent. Right. That is the very definition of hacking a victim that you have invited to the website, putting think, running code that puts data on their computer for your personal benefit and that you plan to use the profits of to continue that campaign of illegal criminal behavior in the future. And every single website's doing it. Mm -hmm. So we need to start at the basic level of a clear, bright line of cut it out. You guys, you need to cut this shit out. They're not going to do that. Right. That's their their source of revenue. Well, they will not want to, Mm -hmm. but if you make it clear that they will no longer be profitable, if they continue doing this, Companies will start listening. 